I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 337 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an inspiring guest joining me today. Audi Attar was born in Baghdad, Iraq. His parents immigrated to the United States when he was very young. And man, did he capitalize on that opportunity. He is the founder and CEO of Paradigm Sports Management, which has quickly become one of the most successful names in the industry. He represents powerhouse athletes such as Conor McGregor and Manny Pacquiao. He is a first-class father as well. I'm excited to have him on the podcast with me today. Audi Attar will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Audiator was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch today's conversation, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And this month of April is recognized in the United States as National Financial Literacy Month. And tomorrow on the podcast, I'll be joined by NFL linebacker Brandon Copeland, who teaches financial literacy at the University of Pennsylvania. So don't miss out on that. And Friday, we're going to have a fresh Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood with an amazing man, a hero, and a combat veteran. Andy Stumpf, who served with the Elite SEAL Team 6, is going to be here. Uh, he has got a very popular podcast of his own called The Cleared Hot Podcast. Uh, so come back on Friday for that one. And make sure you lock it into my Instagram account, at Alec underscore Lace, for all of the upcoming guest announcements. And please don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, which has just passed 1,000 subscribers. So I'd like to say thank you for all of your continued support out there, for everybody that continues to listen, follow, and share this podcast. And I would like to ask you to please continue to do that sharing with every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with Audie Attar. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Today's episode of First Class Fatherhood is being sponsored by Ladder. Ladder was founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger to change the way supplements are made. They worked with top scientists to formulate a line of clean performance products. Unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party to verify the highest standards for quality and safety. Now, they sent me their products, and I can tell you this. The packaging is first rate. The taste is delicious, especially the strawberry lemonade energy supplement. Also, I mixed one packet of the chocolate protein with a 12-ounce glass of milk, and it was banging. I would encourage everybody out there to try Ladder out for yourself. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can score 30% off everything site-wide at ladder.sport. Use the promo code BETTEREVERYDAY. That's one word, BETTEREVERYDAY, and you're going to save 30% off. The link is in today's show notes, ladder.sport. Use the promo code BETTEREVERYDAY. Save 30% off and unlock your best in every situation with Ladder. Uh, Joining me now, First Class Father, Artie Attar. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thanks for having me on. All right, let's start it like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have two kids. I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, although they're both, uh, their birthdays are coming up in June and they're turning eight and five respectively, but I have two beautiful little girls. My oldest is Ava. My youngest is Layla. Very cool. Are you, are you going for the boy or that ship sailed? You know, you know, it's funny is, is I was one of those guys when I when first got married I was like, I'm having only boys. I'm having only boys. And, you know, God has other plans for me, right? And so um, 
after my first one, I was like, all right, I'll go for another boy. And then I had my second one. And honestly, they've just changed my entire world for the better. Right. And I was, you know, such a meathead and, you know, a, a very narrow minded individual at one point or, uh, or another early in my life. And I think as you go, go through experiences, you grow. Right. These two little angels have done just that for me. They've expanded my mind. They've they've softened my rough edges. They've they've really given me perspective and patience and 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 uh, and uh, to be a little bit more thoughtful in, in, in everything I do. So it's it's really been a blessing for me. And while I actually would love four kids, just doesn't matter whether it's a boy or a girl. Um, we're kind of on the fence on that last one. My, I'm turning 40 in September. Um, and my wife and I are now in our 40s, so it's it's uh, the question is, do we want to go back to the trenches? But because we're enjoying life with our two little girls now, you know, we're spending a lot of time when we go on trips. It's it's a lot of fun between the four of us. So while I would love a bigger family, we're still kind of 50-50 on if we roll the dice on a third or not. Yeah, I hear you right there. I'll be 40 in October myself, Woody. And, uh, you know, we have the four kids. We had three boys. Then we got the girl on the last try. So if we didn't get her on the last try, we, we would most likely have five by now. But we got her. And, 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 and that's the name of that, too. Now, coming from you, because I talked to a lot of my buddies who have, you know, either all girls or all boys. and Some of them have mix, a mix of, of the two, right? But I will tell you, my friends that have both, Always tell me, man, I love my daughters, but but my, my son is crazy. The, the, the energy is just just night and day between the two, whereas their girls are just they're 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 thoughtful that they're you know, they really think through things and, and they're very, um, you know, they have a, a level of, of uh, self-awareness and emotional intelligence that that their boys don't have. So how do you how do, what's your experience like? It has completely changed the dynamic of the household here. I mean, yes, and, and you know, we have the three boys, and, and it, that was an experience in itself, and having that high energy all the time. And, and, and she has brought just a tremendous uh, uh, amount of change to the house and the way we do things and everybody's reaction to things. And uh, it's a complete difference, and I, I'm, I'm very blessed to have it. I'm very, we're very grateful to have the experience of having a girl. She's only five years old yet. Uh, so we got a long way to go. Uh, I'm sure there's many of these changes and challenges to come, uh, you know, along the way. But uh, for the moment, uh, it, it's been a wonderful addition to our family. And it really has uh, uh, mellowed me out, um, uh, you know, ch changed the dynamic of my, uh, of my boys' behavior in the house. It's kind of made them um, be a little bit more calmer when they need to. And it's giving them the opportunity to see what it's like, you know, to, to treat a, a, a little girl. And so hopefully yeah. that'll uh, play into uh, later in the game, much later in the game when they start. Uh, dating girls and stuff like that and hopefully uh, my daughter can learn how to be treated by 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 boys by men uh from the way that her brothers do so i'm hoping that's, that all plays out that's awesome that's awesome yeah uh, i mean that's, that's good to hear you uh do you uh, have the girls involved in any sports or activities yet i do i do my oldest is involved with soccer tennis uh golf and she did a little jujitsu um you know trying to get her back to do some more jujitsu for self, so just self-defense classes. And I think it's a great martial art. Um, my youngest right now, she's just starting to get into different activities, but she's more of my diva. So she loves dance and she loves, you know, um, I think uh, uh, like jazz dance. She loves hip hop dance. And um, she just recently asked if she could um, uh, start playing soccer because she sees her big sister playing, which is great because they're both, I think, um, you know, athletic and they have a lot of energy and 
And I try to make sure I, I, I encourage them to not only participate in sports, but in anything that they they feel they want to do from art, you know, to dance, to just just to make sure that they experience life and all that it has to offer and, and, and kind of develop some in different ways. Yeah, very cool. Or if you could just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the founder and CEO of Paradigm Sports Management. We are the um, uh, premier mixed martial arts and combat sports agency representing some of the biggest fighters in the world, including Conor McGregor, Michael Bisbing, um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Manny Pacquiao. Um, you know, so we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to work with some of the best and the brightest in the sport. I myself was, uh, you know, grew up in Southern California. I actually was born in Baghdad, Iraq, and my parents immigrated here and gave us uh, the opportunity to, to, to get the best schooling, the best experience in life had to offer. And I was very fortunate to, to become a, a, a high school All-American football player, got a scholarship in college football at UCLA. I also played one season at Idaho State. Um, so I've, I've been blessed to live a full life and, and got to experience some amazing things. Uh, and, and all credit to my family and my parents who sacrificed everything for us. Wow, yeah, what an awesome uh, American story here, Audie. That's awesome to hear. And uh, so then, uh, fa- fast forwarding it, that, then uh, how old were you then when you first became a dad? And I know you touched on it earlier, but then how did becoming a dad change your perspective on everything? Yeah, I mean, look, when I, I, I first became a dad at 31, and um, like I said, you know, I thought I was a man at that point in time, but uh, it, you, you are hit with this overwhelming joy and love and responsibility, you know, that, that, you know, you, th- there's no safety net. You, you know, I was a, I played safety in, as a defensive back in football. So you're the last line of defense, but you know, that has nothing to do with uh, and no comparison to being the last line of defense for your family. And so with that great responsibility though, comes great joy. Uh, although the challenges are great, although you know, sometimes, particularly early on when you have a kid, the sleepless night. I remember when I first, my, my oldest, when we first had her, during the sleepless nights, I would, you know, you don't, a lot of times people don't know how to react, right? Because the baby's crying and that's their way of communicating. And I remember I would always just talk to her, like, you know, I know you're telling me you're hungry. And I would just kind of have some humor and some fun with it as I was going through that experience. And I, and I really realized at that point in time that nothing great's easy. And it all kind of came together at that point in, in my life. And um, I, I really, really enjoy every part of this journey. And I know that the journey has a lot more to go because, to your point, there's so many different phases in, in, parent, in parenting and, and not only in their childhood, but in parenthood, right? And so I, I look forward to those challenges. I, uh, I, and I'm sorry, my phone's kind of going wacko right now because there's all these messages coming in. But... I look forward to those challenges. I look forward to those, uh, those, you know, the, the different phases of this journey. And I'm, I'm sure not all of them are going to be fun, but nonetheless, I, I think I'm going to embrace them. And I think if I, if, if I continue to do that, and we all continue to do that, we'll be all right. Yeah, well said, Audie. And you know, I, I bring a lot of Navy SEALs on the podcast here, and all, and, and one of their big models is you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think. Uh, becoming a father really puts us in all these uncomfortable situations. And I think in, at the onset of that, some guys may run away from that. And, but I think if you run into it and you embrace it, boy, it really does uh, provide so much fruit for you and so much uh, awesomeness that you never really imagined in your life before. So um, I agree with what you said there. Absolutely. Amen to that. Amen to that. 
And, uh, you know, obviously you've had a very successful career here as an entrepreneur, starting your own business. A lot of dads, you know, especially ones that, that, that email me and hit me up when I have entrepreneurs on the show, they will say that they're stuck in a job that they really don't like and they would love to try to transition into something that they really enjoy and build their own business. What kind of advice do you have for the dad out there who's maybe stuck in that job that he hates and would love to start his own business and become an entrepreneur himself? Well, I, I would start with what you just ended with, which is you have to learn how to be comfortable in, in, in every uncomfortable situation you're put in. And you have to understand that, you know, nothing great happens overnight and it takes time. And so follow your passion, follow your dreams, but make sure you do enough research, you prepare, you know, and you don't just jump into something um, blindly. Right. Because at the end of the day, even even if you follow your dreams, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be, you know, sleepless nights. It's going to be sometimes where you, you have to figure out, okay, well, I need to buy diapers or I got to put food on the table. And, and sometimes as an entrepreneur, you're not taking any income. It's not a job. You're cutting everybody's checks. You're the last person to write yourself a check, right? So ultimately I think you have to be ready to be uncomfortable like that. But, but more importantly, I think you have to plan accordingly. And I think you should, that plan should, should, should not only prepare yourself for very um, turbulent times and, and, and challenging times, but more importantly, make sure you understand when, when it's time to, to pivot and go either in a different direction with that, that endeavor or in your own personal career, right? So, um, but I encourage everybody to follow their dreams. At the end of the day, we live in the greatest country in the world. We have the ability to do anything we want, so long as you get up off your butt and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Right on with that. And, and, you know, you deal with so many top level fighters uh, with, with being a, a manager agent with what you do. And I've had Dana White on the show here, who, who obviously deals with a lot of these fighters as well. And I asked him this and I'm curious uh, your thoughts on this. Do you see like a noticeable change? in the fighters once they become dads is there a noticeable difference in these guys as because i know in order to do what they do to get into a cage you've got to have like a certain mindset do you see like a shift in them fighters once they become fathers let's face it dads with everything going on right now we're all looking for new ways to get awesome gear without having to set foot in a store and today's episode is being brought to you by bespoke post Bespoke Post has the solution for this exact issue. They are a subscription-based service where you receive a themed box of awesome every month with total control over your subscription. So many unique items to choose from. They recently sent me their refresh box with shampoo, conditioner, hairstyling, paste, face cleanser, and so much more. It really added a touch of class to my morning routine. Each box is packed with over $75 worth of gear, but only costs you $45. And as a bonus, First Class Fatherhood listeners are getting 20% off their first monthly box box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com enter the promo code fatherhood20 at the checkout that's boxofawesome.com the link is in the show notes boxofawesome.com use the promo code fatherhood20 for 20 percent off your first box of awesome and i've had dana white on the show here who, who obviously deals with a lot of these fires as well and i asked him this and i'm curious uh, your thoughts on this do you see like a noticeable change in the fighters once they become dads? Is there a noticeable difference in these guys? As Because I know in order to do what they do to get into a cage, you've got to have like a certain mindset. Do you see like a shift in them fighters once they become fathers? I, I absolutely do. I don't necessarily see it in terms of their performance, although I see the performance get better once it clicks and they become more disciplined, right? And so ultimately a lot of these athletes are still young men and women 
that are developing. So if they if they come into you know parenthood uh, earlier, it's a, it's a little bit more challenging, right? Because you know what what I was a twenty year old doing crazy stuff just like every other twenty year old was doing, right? So um, I do see a level of discipline. I do see a level of uh, respect. I do see a level of um, you know, self-awareness, I would say, you know, just, just about themselves and about their past and where they are today. That all come together. And sometimes it takes a little longer for some. Sometimes it takes a second child that then obviously reinforces, oh, crap, you know, I, hey, I, I need to clean my act up because, you know, now now it, it really hit home, right? And so um, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I always tell people there's no right time. You know, everybody in this day and age is like, well, you know, I got to make sure I have a certain amount of money in the bank account to do this, man. Look, kids cost money. That's the reality of it. But, you know, love is the most powerful thing you ever have. And if you're dead broke trying to chase a dream and you look in their eyes when you come home, they make everything okay. And not only do they make everything okay, they push you when you need a little bit more pushing, when nobody's looking and you need to go the extra mile to make sure you succeed, not only for them, but for your entire family, right? So I always believe that, man, family to me is is, a, is is my purpose. You know, I always I have a professional purpose and a personal purpose. And to me, they go hand in hand. They motivate me equally the same, and they put things in perspective as well for me. So um, I always believe that, that the athlete, uh, if they find that, that the right partner, um, I always encourage them to do it, man. Yeah, well said. And I, I got to be honest, like there's something special about like seeing, I mean, obviously anybody that's in the sports, they're a high level athlete. So when you see them win a competition, they obviously have a great feel of uh, joy and satisfaction. But when you see the fighter in the cage with his kids after a fight, even after a loss or after a win, then that reaction with their kids or when, uh, you know, I was down at the Super Bowl uh, and you see these guys that play in the Super Bowl and then they're on the field holding their kids. There's just something about that. Even the military videos where, where the military serviceman comes home and surprises the kid. I mean, there, there's just something more magical about those moments when you see them. It, and it's, it humanizes us, right? It does. It humanizes us. It, it, it allows us to really, you know, appreciate what we're looking at, right? So whether we're a fan of sports or whether we're a fan of our service members, it makes us really understand, you know, the sacrifices that, they, that they've made, right? And that what if I was me? Well, how would I re react? Because now I can identify with that person, knowing that they're holding their loved ones, you know, in the midst of, of whatever it is that we're, 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 we're watching them, right? Or whatever dynamic we're watching them in. And so I, I, I agree with you. I think it, it, hits, it, hits a, it hits home for all of us. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and we're talking there about discipline. Uh, uh, what, what, type, what type of disciplinarian are you as a father? And, and is it different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Yeah, it's definitely different than the style that I grew up with. You know, I, think, I think we could all probably attest to that. But the one thing I try not to do is, like, I love I'm, – I'm you know, they're daddy's girls, right? I mean, I, 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 they have me wrapped around the finger. But I will say that I also try to really make sure I'm mindful of being, being a, a good disciplinarian with them that helps them prepare for life because – if I just gave them everything or coddled them with everything and just treated them like my little princesses, then they're going to get, they're going to, they're going to suffer down the road. And I don't know any different. Now, the one thing I don't do is I try my best to, because I'm a very loud person. I live a testosterone fueled life and I come home to an estrogen filled house. 
right? <laughs> so trying to balance that is really important because I come from a locker room culture where even, you know, it's like, come on, let's go. You know, like that's not necessarily a bad thing, but the voice is always a little, a little high. And so with my girls, I, I'm, I try to be mindful of when I get really upset or I really want to make a point, I really try my best to start to talk lower. And it, and it works on them actually better than it does when I yell. Sometimes if I slip and I, and I raise my voice, it scares them. So I have to understand the difference between, you know, um, the styles that I've, I've been accustomed to, my, between the way I was raised, between, you know, my athletic career and then my, my professional career now being around a very, you know, uh, loud environment to making sure that I communicate in a more, you know, a, a toned down voice with, uh, you know, stern look and, and as opposed to yelling, right? And, and I, it's it's a challenge, but yet I, I love the challenge as well. I, I embrace it. And I, I'm trying to try to be the best that I can. Um, the other thing I try to do is really balance between the real world of the world that they live in and the world that I grew up with. You know, we had cassette players and, you know, when the CD Walkman came out, we're all like, yeah, you know, and now these these kids are faced in the midst of the quarantine, which we're, 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 we're dealing with now. Uh, they're FaceTiming with their cousins playing Roblox, you know, <laughs> like it's like it's a it's a completely different world. And so sometimes I, I realize that that's now that's that's something I could take away. Right. And so how do I discipline them? It's not the old yelling and, and you know, you're go to your room, you're grounded. It's like, okay, no iPad. <laughs> like it's, it's, <laughs> so you, you have to understand the different um, dynamics that you're dealing with compared to w- what we grew up with. Yeah, and I'm right there with you, Audie. I'm a, I'm a railroad mechanic. I've been working for the railroad for 20 years, and the whole that whole uh, um, mindset of being there is very, very different and very loud. So it's like when I come home, and then I had the three boys, and then to transition to disciplining my girl has been a different, uh, difficult challenge for me at times. So I'm still learning new ways to communicate better with her and not come off so uh, edgy and so rough when, when I try to deliver you know, my message or discipline her. So it's a, it's a definitely a, a changing experience. That's what awesome. are well, what are what are some of the top values that you're hoping to instill in your girls here? Um, uh, self-respect, first and foremost. I, I want to make sure that they understand that they have to love themselves. They have to they have to value themselves. Um, love and respect for their family and their community. I think that's important to me. You know, I think that you know I, I'm I'm a big believer. We have a we always huddle up as a as a family, and every morning before school we do a little huddle and a little break and. And it's family over everything, right? And so to me, I, I, I value that and I want them to understand that they need to do the same. And then just to, to be a, a kind and compassionate person. You know, if they see someone that's in help, that's less fortunate, um, don't be, you know, don't go with the crowd if you see everybody picking on someone else. And be someone that stands up against bullies and be someone that stands up for someone that's less fortunate. And I mean, those are the three things that I try to really instill in my kids on a daily basis. Um, and there's many more, you know, I, 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 you, you don't limit it to three, but, but if I, those are the first three that come to mind. Um, and, uh, and, and then more importantly, I really try to be mindful of how I treat my wife in front of them. Right. And because I don't have a little boy, you know, so their only example of what they should expect and demand of a man is, is really through my actions. So, um, yeah. Uh, Try to tell her, tell her how much I love her, how beautiful she is. Give her a kiss every day. Just little things, I think, that go a long way, you know? Yeah, great stuff. 
What's next for you here, Audie? I mean, you've had so much success in your career building the business. Where do you see it going? What kind of goals you have or plans for the future? Uh, you know, this is another thing I try to teach them. I, you know, at every level of success comes comes uh, a new challenge, right? And it's like you didn't get here just to get here. And, and I don't think that we stop working and stop striving for for success and and not just monetary success, but uh, you know, all types of success, including them. My success in them is really where I'm focused on. So if I if I could uh, fast forward and when they're 18 years old and I know that, that I've done a good job and, and, and I know that they're on the right path and then, then I've won. So I have, you know, the next decade to make sure that I, that I, uh, I accomplished that goal. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Audie, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Embrace it, embrace it. Get ready for a roller coaster ride that's so much fun. And if you don't like roller coasters, well, pick a ride that you like. But it's a lot of fun, a lot of twists and turns. I would tell you, be present in everything you do. Even if you have to work a lot, even if you have to travel a lot, there's no excuse, man. There's always there's always a way to be present. And so if you could find that in your life, that balance in your life and how to be present, whatever you do, even that brief time that you get, will will be a, a, a memory that's itched in their brain that they'll never forget. So enjoy the ride. Yeah, very, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Audie, it's all your first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first class yeah, father. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Audio Tar for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. Got a lot more action still to come your way this week. Tomorrow on the podcast, NFL linebacker and teacher of financial literacy at the University of Pennsylvania, Brandon Copeland will be here. And then Friday, we got the Frogman Friday edition coming with former Navy SEAL Team 6 operator Andy Stumpf. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who will be joining me next week. I got a few bangers coming your way, so make sure you find out who they are. Please help me continue to spread the word about this podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Thank you.